This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 175 of The Real Word. Word is up. What What did you text me the other day? You You were watching old real words or some type of... Well, like highlight reel. It, it was a highlight. We, I said we we used to be funny. I said yeah, you, I, no, no. We, you said we used to be fun. You said fun. we used to be fun. Yeah. Now we're not fun. In the no. comments, are we? Are we? Have have we lost our fun? We've I lost know our if fun. Nicole's right. We've what lost do you, our What do you mean by that? Well, you know me. I I used to like our cold openings being recorded, yeah. and um, I don't know. It was. It seemed to be a little bit more fun. But I also am mindful of the fact that it was the highlight reel. So. I'm certain if you were to rip was, through the last hundred, maybe you'd find others. But I mean, yeah. it, we, we had fun. It was like old school. I mean, I got Are to see my hair change. Are you not having fun? Changed. Do you want off the show? I, that's not at all what I said. All that's right. not. Then I fell into our Hold the Mayo videos too. But that's another yeah. conversation for another day. But Was last yeah. year more fun than this year? We've only done one lobster roll review. No, it's just it. It's everything changes as, uh, which is great. I'm not complaining. Everything sort of changes as you as you grow and progress, huh. right? Like so, it was just it was it was it was fun. We had fun. I still have fun, but you're still having I, fun. All right. Yeah, it's just different. I want to make sure you're still fully you're fully in. Oh, I could have fun in a paper bag, so don't worry okay. about me. Yeah. All I'm right, good. maybe we'll try that next episode. <laughs> All right, we've, oh, we've got a we've got some really good rackets and an interesting marketeer. Uh, we're going to talk about regrets in home buying first. Then we're going to uh, go right into why buying online leads will put you out of business. This is an opinion piece from Chris Lindahl, who's by far one of the best team leaders uh, in the industry in the history of real estate. I'll even go as far as saying that. And then we've got a crypto topic that relates to real estate. So racket number one. From CNBC, 64% of millennials have regrets about buying their current home. We're going to get into why right now. Now, just to be clear, when they say regrets, they mean one or more regrets. So it could just be one regret. Uh, but 64% of millennials aged 25 to 40 have some type of regret about purchasing their current home. This was a poll from Bankrate, which pulled 1400 US homeowners. So I guess, you know, where were those 1400 coming from that they didn't get into all of that. But I, I think that would maybe impact it a little bit. 45% uh, of Gen X age 41 to 56 uh, had regrets and 33% of baby boomers ages 57 to 75 had some type of regret. So all in all, 43% of homeowners have at least one regret about their current home. But millennials yeah. yeah, current home. Millennials was the outlier of being uh, higher than everybody, 64%. So, Nicole, let's go through the most common regrets about purchasing their current home. What are they? So, again, I will say, though, that I do appreciate the fact that there, so there's a, there's a, 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 a graph here. Yeah, obviously. we'll post the we'll graph. We've up. got the graph. Pop it up. Byron loves popping up the graphs. Pop it up. Um, but it's comparing though to, cause again, if you look at the bottom homeowners overall, so I think it's, at least they're sort of giving you a comparison. Cause I think that's helpful. Cause when you first read this article, you think that millennials are just a pain in the ass, right? Mm. Like, are they ever happy? But it's, it's helpful to see how they compare to they're the others, always but happy. always happy. Well, are, you're a millennial. Yeah. All right, how do yeah. you feel? Technically, according to this, you'd be a millennial. I, says, I'm, the, uh, I'm the I'm the cusper. I'm the cusper. Well, We've here in this article, it says this. ages 25 to 40. How old are you, Nicole? 
I am 40. I, so I, I am guess there. You'd be in. You'd be I, I wasn't in. interviewed. I wasn't interviewed, but no. um, but anyway, homeowners' most common regrets about purchasing their current home. It's talking about maintenance and other costs are too high. Millennials are pretty close to the average at the 21% mark here, where others are at 16. Um, it's funny though because others it's, meaning it's, total homeowners overall. Right, yeah. right. And then it talks about um, too small of a house. Um, they're at 14%. And again, other homeowners, homeowners overall, um, they're at 9%. But again, then we pop down and then they're complaining about their house being too big too. So, Well, it's, um, it's, you know, you ask one person, what's your regret? It's too small. You ask the next person, what's your regret? It's too big. Right. So those are two yep. different regrets. Yeah. Yep, location, I don't think it goes the, I don't over. Think what I'm saying is I don't think the same person is, is claiming no, both regrets. No, of course regrets. not. Let's no, be clear of there. course not. Well, but what's interesting though is it seems it's the same exact percentage is mad that they went too big and the same yeah. percentage is mad that they went too small. But uh, sure. So it goes over mortgage payment being too high, paid too much, uh, bad location, um, and not a good investment. Again, a lot of these though I don't feel like are like – I don't think it's really digging too deep into like the meat and potatoes of it, but um, yeah, these are generalized. I mean, not a good investment. I would advise any millennial, any new first time home buyer right now, uh, if you're buying your home, the place you're going to live, it's not an investment. It might be a long-term place to save money, uh, a forced savings, if you will, but it's not an investment. Investment is when you buy a house, don't live in it, and rent it out or maybe you live in one room and rent out the other rooms or maybe it's a multifamily and you're living in one unit and renting out the others an investment is something that's bringing you money back every single month the home that you live in is a utility it's something you're using right right of course well i i agree with you there unless so, you're planning to stay there though like if this is like your 20-year plan yeah, it's for savings. It's not an invest. Yeah. It's, it, you can look at that to your point as a long term part of your, uh, you know, your net worth. Right. But an investment is something that starts paying you back immediately. Your home costs you money immediately. You should be putting one to three percent of the home's value. I think they actually get into that here. They do. And, and any agent. Right, listening to this, you should be educating all your first-time home buyers. Hey, what's your plan to put one to three percent of this three hundred thousand-dollar home you're about to buy back into your home? And oh, by the way, this won't increase your home's value. Right, this is maintenance. This is a sunk cost just for you to maintain your home, servicing your furnace, servicing the AC, uh, replacing a leaky faucet. Uh, you know, you, you have a window that needs to be replaced. That's not an improvement. That, that is a maintenance cost. You doing a brand new septic tank is not an improvement that brings up the value of your home. Right. A buyer comes and expects when they flush everything to go away. That is called maintenance. You put a new roof on. Great. I'm not paying you more for your house. I expect the roof not to leak. Right. right. These are maintenance right. costs. Well, and then also just monthly costs, your power, your your heating, your cooling. I mean, it's it's interesting to hear how many or see how many people are not actually asking those questions. Like they're sort of almost capping out at their at their highest mark without even taking those additional expenses into consideration. So I, I guess I can understand why 21 percent of them now feel like their costs are too high because they weren't really asking the right questions up front. Here's what what I see on this list of homeowners most common regrets about purchasing their current home is opportunities for real estate agents, real estate professionals to educate buyers 
on what they're getting into. The fact that you need 1% to 3% of the home's value going back into the home just to maintain it every single year. The fact that location is important, and if you actually want to grow long-term wealth because you're going to hold on to this property 10, 15, 20 years, you better pay attention to the location that you're buying in. What's the future of this neighborhood? Is it going to be people looking for smaller size homes or bigger size homes? These are all opportunities for the agent to educate the buyers, and it's an opportunity to put content out. This whole list you could you could make, uh, you know, a video or a blog or some type of Instagram reel on every single thing on this list to help educate buyers. And certainly, these are conversations you should be having with every single one of your buyer. Don't be afraid to tell buyers not to buy unless they're willing Absolutely. to willing to put one to three percent of the home value back in for maintenance, not improvements. Improvements is on top of that. Look at you. That's it's just the the, the best buyer agents have these conversations up front. You have to. You ha and and again, especially this like too big, too small. I mean, it, it, it's like open up the closets. Like let's go back through. Like or hey, this is perfect. There's a basement or an attic that could eventually be transformed into something. But yep. yeah, no, I agree with you. Look at you throwing out some some reels, some real idea. Maybe you're giving yourself some I, real ideas. Well, I actually did a reel on this article already. You did? Yeah. When did I miss it? Uh, well, you miss a lot of my Instagram I don't. Content. I don't. I like all of them. I haven't missed one in a while, but I did miss this one. Hmm. Bobby, go ahead and flash my Instagram handle. You can leave Nicole's off. You can put Nicole's up too. Yeah, I didn't do a reel on this. You didn't You didn't do a reel on this, but this was, listen, these, the, these are the conversations. The buyers that don't flake out on you, the buyers that stick with agents for a long time, they're sticking with the agents that have these hard conversations where where you would think you'd lose a buyer, but no, you're adding extreme value by informing and educating them the cost of right. home ownership. Well, those are the buyers this, that stay with you. They trust you. Well, or they flake out because then they realize that they can't legitimately afford to purchase a home. Quite yeah, but yet. but their trust in you as well, the professional course. grows, of and when course. they're ready in two years because they've saved up more cash, right. they're yes. going to send you referrals over those two years. They're going to call you back. That's the game. Uh, th these are not these regrets are not a racket, these are opportunities. Absolutely, I agree. All right, racket number two, buying leads, your business will be kaput in two years. Now this is an opinion piece on Inman from Chris Lindahl. Chris Lindahl is one of the best team leaders of all time in real estate, so I want to start there. Uh, that being said, I hate that that phrase. I don't know why I use that. Being that said. being said, I, I hate that phrase and I, and I use it from time to time. Uh, anyways, Chris goes on to say that basically if the majority of your leads are coming from a third party source, so you know all the names, you could say paid. Yeah, yeah. paid, you're buying leads. Uh, I would even assume that he's talking about uh, the referral, third party referral sources, right? Mm -hmm. I would assume he's clumping that all into the same category. So he says, if the majority of them are coming from these types of places, then your business is done in two years. He makes it very clear. He's not talking about your business being done in two years because there's a real estate bubble coming. He doesn't believe that, that there's a huge real estate crash coming. He doesn't believe that. Uh, he believes that basically if you're buying leads, you're done. Now, what does majority mean? To me, what does majority mean to you, Nicole? The majority of your transactions aren't generated. This is what he says. The majority of your transactions aren't generated from a platform that you own 
then you won't be around in two years. So what's majority mean to you? In my mind, a majority is over more than 50% of your business. That's, that's, okay. that's in, in my mind, that's what majority is. Yeah, it, it's the majority, right? That I, I'm right there with you, over 50%. Okay, so you gotta think about where am I on my Zillow leads, on my, my realtor leads, on my sphere leads, on the leads I'm generating through content, through open houses. You take all your, your lead pillars and am I over 50% on things that I generate? And, and he's arguing that it should be a platform that you own. So he's going tech-based, right? So the, right. you know, open houses would count, but you know, is that really something to count on long-term? I don't know, right? Do you have a great system? There's, there's a whole bunch of different layers to that. The majority conversation, I, I, I believe, is over 50%. And I've always said you know, to, to our team is we want to make sure our paid leads, we want to have such a big business that our paid leads, these third-party leads, are ideally only 25% of our business. Now, last year, 2020, we were over 25%, but we were not over 50%. Okay, uh, but we were over 25. Ideally, you want the rest of your business to grow where your third party leads can continue to grow, but right. they're staying around 25%, one out of four transactions. Well, you have to cultivate that, that, that the, 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 what those leads are now, like they're part of your sphere now. So you have to cultivate those Correct. in order to get referrals from, from the paid lead. Yeah, That's exactly where you that. need to go. And, the, and it, it's interesting that Chris didn't go there because I'd argue that it's okay maybe to be 30, 40, 45. Heck, even if 50% of your business right now is third-party leads, that's okay. What are you gonna do with those past clients over the next two years? What type of content are you delivering to them? What type of value are you adding to them after they become a homeowner with you? Because if you have a great sphere and now they're referring you direct business, there's a huge opportunity whether you have a, a really high-tech platform or not, maybe you're you're doing the giftology, um, you know, you know, play there, and you're you're gifting the heck out of these people. Drop drop by gifts or community events, and you're inviting them to to parties, or you're connecting them with people in the community. There's huge opportunity right. to grow all of those leads that are in your system from a third-party source and make them a direct to you source. So I like loading up over the next two years. I don't think you're going to be kaput, even if you're 50%, if you're paying attention to how to add value to them long-term. What's the lifetime relationship with those clients look like? It, now, past clients, relationship, right? You've got to add value year after year for them to consider using you or, or sending you a referral again. And that's where we should all be thinking. But he's got four bullet points here. Number one. Find out if you're actually the visionary leader you are. Calling out the industry, love this, Chris. Uh, so he's basically saying like, do you have the kahunis to go out here and generate your own business? That's that's what I get out of this. Do you get something else out of that, Nicole? No, I, I think it's, no, I mean, that's exactly what he's saying is he's putting people in the, in the right, in yeah. the, it, really in the right spots. You know, maybe if you're not set out to be, this, you know, you got to put yourself somewhere else for sure. Build the dominant brand in your market, number two. I mean, Nicole, we haven't been talking about this forever. We haven't forever. been talking about anything. Right. He's and of course, I mean, right here. and we push all of our agents 
not even our on our team obviously to build their brand to to be yeah. to be the most the most visual out there for sure every agent especially those on our team should be pushing the heck out of their brand and building it every single day post by post number three offer a convenience-based solution this is where teams can attack the last mile okay so what do i mean by that what's amazon's hardest struggle it's the last mile you know what are some of these big companies you know biggest problem it's being able to connect hyper locally we have that ability to do that so what how can we make these transactions more convenient how can we maybe assist in the moving process which everybody struggles with how can we in the future assist with getting if you know somebody's moving from one town to the other you know changing all of their uh you know their addresses on the million different things they have to change it what can you do to be really high level solution provider for your clients now it might mean that your commissions go up because you're offering more than anybody but who wouldn't want to pay six and a half bananas if you're taking care of the move and the address change right so Maybe. A, con a convenience based solution uh, number four cancel your third-party leads this is the racket I'm not advising anybody to cancel their third-party leads I'm advising them to continue to use this as long as they can, as long as they can be profitable on it, which I know the margins are, are, are very low and it's hard to be right. profitable on these third-party third leads. And if they keep going up on, say, referral fees, mm -hmm. it may get to a point where it's not profitable and you just you just that's when well, you're going to cancel them. And I think, and I think that that's really what he's talking about here. Because earlier in the article, he's talking about how a lot of restaurants were really relying on like DoorDash and things to deliver the food, but they were starting to charge an exorbitant amount of money to actually get the food to the individuals. So, but again, these restaurants were now relying solely on these DoorDashes because they never came up with their own system. So I, again, what you're saying there, I think is what he's leaning towards here is that it could eventually get to the point where the referral fees are just don't even make sense anymore. So you have to come up with an alternative or at least start working the leads that you have now. Like you said, maybe don't cancel today, but, but at least make sure that what you are gaining today as a lead you are cultivating so that in two years when it gets too expensive you at least have that back end yeah I'm calling racket on this because you shouldn't cancel now because you can build your uh, data your database, your database so sure. you know so much right now and if you're even in two years if you can still be profitable on it and you can keep it 25% of your business don't give up that market share don't give that up to somebody else right have a division that can 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 work those leads do not give it up don't cancel it just because you want to uh so I, i'm calling a little bit of a racket on that but listen chris is way smarter than i am he's built a way bigger business and, and he's he's legit so i'm i'm not i'm not discounting this either so that's linked below that's an inman article love your thoughts on what you should do with third-party leads are you buying yes or no love to know all right marketeer of the week it's a little bit of a stretch for the marketeer, but there's an angle to this, okay? Well, it's your angle. It's this is my all angle. so over it's so all over my head. Okay. I I still like paper and pen. Yeah. So to to go to a, a Bitcoin fake says says the meme uh, base doggy coin, I'm out. Says I'm the out. girl. I've never seen you have cash on you, by the way. So you're not, I... you're not that old school. <laughs> all right. Property property sale in Rhode Island, first in the nation to be paid in Dogecoin. 
Uh, Kyle Saboth, the Century 21 agent who topped Real Trends and Tom Ferry 1,000 ranks in 2020 for individual transaction sides, recently represented a client in the sale of a vacant plot of land in Providence, Rhode Island. Okay, Now, this was a listing, and the seller made it mandatory that he would only sell if he was to receive Dogecoin for uh, for the sale. So he only wanted cryptocurrency. It's interesting because investors right now that are selling real estate, they're selling a hard asset. Well, what the heck do you put that money into? You're not taking an, an Amer US dollar and putting them into the savings account. That's stupid. You might as well just keep your real estate. And so this particular investor said, I'll sell my real estate, but I want crypto back because I feel like that's a safer place for my cash to be sitting. So I don't want to go cash, convert to U.S. I want you to just give me Dogecoin. Here's where I think the Marketeer of the Week comes in. What an opportunity every single day. And this is what we're doing right now on this clip. We're going to clip this out and we're going to have cryptocurrency in the headline on Instagram. What an opportunity for you as the local real estate agent to be talking about sales or to be you know, engage with a sale like Kyle over in, in Providence, Rhode Island, that is around cryptocurrency. What if you're the first person educating your community on cryptocurrency and how it relates to real estate? In the headlines every single day, you can go on CNBC, Market Watch, Wall Street Journal, whatever. Every single news publication every day is talking about crypto. So why not ride the wave? Why not ride these trends and put out some content yourself around this that'll inevitably pop a little bit because everybody's talking about it here's the other thing get educated on this because blockchain and crypto is going to change the way real estate is transacted in the future i'm not talking about 2020 uh 22 or 23 i'm talking about into the future talk to any one of the attorneys or title you know companies that you're working with to transact real estate right now they're all saying the same thing it's going to hit them harder than it hits us, by the way. But blockchain and crypto is going to change the way, specifically blockchain, the way real estate transactions are recorded. It's going to make it a lot seamless, a lot faster. You can mark my words on that. You can clip this one out in five or ten years and, and see what's happened to the way real estate transactions. We're not, we're not going to continue over the next ten years going to the little town hall, like in our market, and you know, you're recording via paper and all this crap. That's going away, guys. That is going away. So get educated on this. Ride the wave right now of the crypto and uh, produce some crypto real estate content. Kyle's the marketeer just for like, I don't know, getting himself into Inman on this Dogecoin sale. I love it. I, again, it's it's all very interesting. Again, as you read the article, it talks about where the, the money was worth when the, the contract came together and then where it was by the time it, it closed. I mean, the guy made money just while the contract was closing. So again, all all very interesting. I But again, I, still so, it's so over my head. A couple months ago, I'm like, I'd rather buy real estate. And, I, and generally speaking, I, I would rather own real estate than, than crypto. But on this big dip, I bought the dip, Nicole. I bought some Bitcoin. I bought some ETH. I bought the dip. I got to say, I did it because I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be the you one. You don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the one Tesla guy on the sidelines. Yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So. Fo it, what do they call that? FOMO? Is that I FOMO? Mean, Ray Dalio just, just announced that he bought Bitcoin. 
Uh, Kevin O'Leary buys Bitcoin. Obviously, Elon bought a billion in Bitcoin, and he's been beating Bitcoin up a little bit, but he, but he flip-flops every single day. He hasn't sold his billion, so what does that tell you? When these kind of people, Ray Dalio, Elon Musk, Kevin O'Leary, are buying Bitcoin, it's something to pay attention to. By, by, and Byron Lazine? And Byron Lazine Not me. Bitcoin. No, no, no. I'm a follower. <laughs> I'm a follower of, of, these, of what they're doing. So, uh, yeah, I think creating some, some crypto blockchain content that relates to real estate is a smart play for your YouTube, Instagram. Whatever. Well, especially, especially now. And again, I mean, I know that I'm just sort of small potatoes here, but big potatoes. I, I, I'm really not. Sweet but potatoes. Again, I don't know it, so I'm certain a majority of the consumers don't understand it. So why not yeah. be? Why not be the educator? I mean, oh. why not? And by the way, you can be an educator without fully understanding it, because nobody really understands what the hell they're talking about. Well, but I, but I, but again, in this situation, in terms of you know the upside and the potential, obviously downside, because it does again in the same contract, it sounds like they lost a little. But I, I, again, be the be the resource, be the introductor of it. I think when you, I think there is certainly an opportunity since we're sort of right still at the very beginning for sure very beginning and when you get a basic education around blockchain and then you talk to an attorney just talk to one of your local uh, um, attorneys title companies that that knows a little basic information about blockchain is this going to change the way we transact real estate and just let them talk uh, you're gonna if you have a little bit of a, an understanding about it you're gonna be like whoa yeah this is this is going to happen it's not it's yeah. not an if it's a when so all right, that's it. Love your your love your feedback. Are you buying crypto? Uh, do you have any regrets or clients that have regrets about their homes? And uh, and are you buying third party leads? Yes or no? And are you going to continue to do that in the future? A lot to talk about in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to the Real Word on YouTube. Love a five star review if you're listening on Apple. Really appreciate you guys. If you wouldn't mind sharing this with somebody, love to get this message out to more people. And just thank you for watching and or listening. See you guys. See you guys. Keep it real.